Well, it's great to be with you, friends, and um, uh, I know some of you were at the uh, uh, conference we had on Monday and Tuesday. Um, uh, it was an absolutely terrific conference. We had Robbie Dawkins here. Do listen to his talk from Sunday night here. Um, it'll, it'll be on the podcast, um, and uh, there will be uh, the talks that will be available on the New Wine website. I'm not sure how we get them from the conference, but we'll get, make sure we get all those talks as well, all available. Uh, really just inspiring to listen to and uh, see uh, the ministry going on that uh, uh, was going on. Stories have continued uh, throughout the week of God at work in uh, a community. One, uh, one woman who was on at the conference um, was just having a conversation with me and, and she said, um, she said they, they do something, they've been here to look at great and small and um, they were really inspired by it so now their church has started it and uh, they're getting um, somewhere around 120 uh, coming uh, at, at their church and they've decided that's enough so they're now doing it on two separate days so they're getting 120 each day different people coming along I mean, it's just amazing isn't it you start little things started here it's multiplied out it's really quite exciting and um uh, uh, she was saying, you know, Mark, we do this thing, but we never, I, 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 the, the problem is, Mark, how do you share faith? And I said, well, why don't you just offer to pray for someone? So she said, oh, I don't know if I've got the courage to do that. I said, oh, go on, go for it. And that was on the Tuesday. On the Wednesday, I got this, this email from her, which I will read to you. It's entitled, I did it. Uh, last night I was asking God who I should pray for today and the name Sarah came to mind and I knew a Sarah who's a fairly regular mum with us I felt like God wanted me to pray for her because she was worried about something all morning I was mega busy as we were short of helpers regular situation and obviously a most and she was deep in conversation with her friends I nearly gave up but then saw um uh, 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 and then saw that at home time she was on her own I said to her that I had her name on my mind because I felt she was worried about something she started to cry uh, we were right in the way of everyone leaving uh, but I was determined to press on I asked if I could pray for her I was unprepared for what came out next through her tears she told me that she'd had a sleepless night last night because she just found out that she's pregnant with her fourth baby, but is worried how they'll cope as number three was an accident as well. Um, they've been using contraception, but that, def- that um, uh, because they definitely didn't want any more, but it hadn't worked and she was devastated. This afternoon, so that's Wednesday of this week, she had an appointment at a clinic to talk about a termination, which was why she hadn't had any sleep, and she was just in pieces, not knowing what to do. And she's frightened that if she has a termination, God will be angry and make one of her other children ill. We had a good chat, and I prayed for her there and then that she would know God with her and his guidance and courage and peace. And then we hugged and chatted some more, and I walked away utterly gobsmacked. Obviously, I'm really praying that she'll receive the strength to keep the baby, but I'll be there for her, whatever. What a privilege. Isn't that great? I asked God for guidance, and God led me to this woman. I don't know the end of the story. When I do know the end of the story, remind me to share it with you. This is the thing. God is actively at work. He's actively at work in people's lives, and and we've got to be there to 
draw that activity out, to help point people uh, to the person of their heavenly Father. Um, uh, and and I, I read you that because, you know, uh, our passage today, our passage today reflects a God at work. It's about a God who's changed lives. That's what it's about. And it's about a God who goes on changing lives. Doesn't ever stop changing lives. Um, it's a passage about this uh, woman who comes. And, and I love the reading. I, I, I love this picture of this woman who comes. And you know it breaks. We've just heard it breaks this bottle of perfume over Jesus. Uh, a perfume of such um, expense, such uh, uh, worth. And uh, Jesus says this, in the NIV version, it says this. Jesus says, as they're rebuking her and saying that she shouldn't have done what she's doing, he says this, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. That's lovely, isn't it? What a lovely thing. She's done a beautiful thing for me. That's been with me this week. Lord, what can I do today that's a beautiful thing for you? How can I live my life that in some way, shape, or form you'll say that's a beautiful thing that you have done for me. Um, uh, We often reflect on uh, the words that Jesus might use when ultimately we see him in glory. And and, you know, we long to hear those words, don't we, in scripture when he might say, well done, good and faithful servant. Wouldn't it be great if we get there and you say, you did a beautiful thing with your life. You lived your life as a, it was a beautiful way that you lived it. That, that, that brought an act of worship into other people's lives. Shared something of the beauty and the wonder of God with others. And the, the, the thing is that this beautiful thing that this woman did is sandwiched between two fairly non-beautiful things. Um, uh, it's sandwiched between the chief priests and uh, uh, leading uh, religious teachers scheming to kill Jesus. Then we have this beautiful thing that she does. And then just at the end of the passage, it says, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them. So, so what she does is sandwiched between these two um, uh, opposites of what she's about and you know uh, often people we look at the world and we think well there's, there's so much going on in the world there's so much terrible things in the world but actually what God's asked us to do in amongst everything that's going on is do something beautiful for him do something that would bring light and life to him uh, Mark's gospel doesn't tell us who this woman is but we know that uh, Jesus is at the home of Simon, who had previously had leprosy. So he was one of the lepers who was healed. So here's Simon uh, gratefully welcoming in Jesus in grateful thanks for what Jesus has done for him. He's offering hospitality to Jesus. And uh, he'd have been enormously grateful as this woman who uh, pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. And I suspect that Simon would have understood this woman's offering. Yes, that this man is worth giving out all for. This man is worth uh, uh, offering what we have back to. And we're told that this perfume is worth a great deal of money. I'm not a great one for buying perfume. 
No, I don't, I've got no idea how much a bottle of perfume is, actually. I, I've put down here about 20 pounds. It's probably not enough, but... Um, how much is a bottle of perfume? Anybody got any idea? Higher than that? 30 quid? Higher than that? Depends. Do Oxfam sell perfume, Richard? <laughs> Five pounds in Oxfam, there you go. <laughs> Julius Sarson, God bless you. You know, you know. Okay. The, the, it, it's expensive stuff. They say that this is a really expensive bottle of perfume. Actually, this is what they say it's worth a year's salary. So the average salary in this country is about £22,000. The average salary. So this is a bottle of perfume, let's take it as an average, worth £22,000. And this woman takes this, she doesn't just pour out the perfume, she smashes the whole bottle on him. She breaks the whole thing. There's no possibility of going back. She offers everything that she's got. She pours it out uh, on Jesus. There's an absolute extravagant offering. Uh, and the men in the room, probably the disciples and others, were indignant. And uh, we learn from Matthew's gospel uh, that, uh, it, where it records that Judas leads the way in this. And he says, why waste such expensive perfume, they ask. Uh, it could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor and they scolded her harshly. But Jesus says, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a beautiful thing for me? Um, and then Jesus says in, in verse 8, he says this, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. We don't know, or we know, don't we, that Jesus has been talking to his disciples, he's been preparing them, we're in that, that part of Mark's gospel where he's been Part of his narrative has been, I'm heading towards my death. Part of his narrative has been, I'm, I'm going to be killed. They failed to understand that. There's, a, there's a, a, a lack of understanding of what God might do with them. Um, but maybe, just maybe, this woman has got it. Maybe she's thought, this might be my last opportunity to express my grateful thanks to this man to whom I owe everything. And to so, in so doing, I'm going to pour something over. I'm going to offer him back the best I possibly can. That he would know how much uh, I love him. And I love this. Jesus' response, he says, I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Isn't that lovely? And we're doing it today. So here she is. She says, God's done something so wonderful for me. I want to pour my all back to you just to say, Lord, I love you. And Jesus says, that is a beautiful thing and it will be forever discussed where the gospel is preached. And I think that challenges me. What beautiful thing could we do? What beautiful thing could I do that, that, that would put a smile on the face of God? I've got to say, ah, oh, that's not just that's my servant Mark in whom I love and I'm well pleased. But somebody, oh, wasn't that a beautiful thing that he did? What might uh, we do? Three short points. Uh, 
One is it. Is it really 10.13? Gosh, have I been speaking a long time already? Okay, three really short points. We'll have to renegotiate communion in some way, Chris. If you can just think about that, that'd be great. This is it. She is totally motivated by love. She's totally motivated by love. She has so experienced the love of God that she wants to pour that love back out. Jesus clearly sees this. He understands it. And he knows he's going to his own sacrifice and he's going totally motivated by love. He, he doesn't go to the cross in a hump. He goes to the cross motivated by love. He says, this is how much I love you. I want to pour myself out for you. I'll give you everything. An extravagant offering. Motivated by love that you would know the love of God our Father. And what Jesus did was a beautiful thing. To offer salvation to us all. Um, Jesus was under no obligation to die for us. But he willingly chose it. And this woman, she's overwhelmed by love for him. And lavishes this expensive gift upon him so often the church is talked about for its promotion of right beliefs or right behaviors or what it's concerned about and of course they're important things but more important than anything else is our hearts motivated by love for our savior that we love our savior that that whatever we do is an overflow of what is in our heart so what we do is an overflow. Every action we take, every word that we speak is an overflow of God within us. That our lives hidden in Christ. That means that, that what pours out is good stuff. It seems to me that this woman is doing just that. Out of her pursuit of God, she comes and she says, I give you this one act of worship, Jesus and she breaks the most precious thing that she has in her life. And she doesn't care what others think of her. She doesn't care what others say of her. Um, she breaks with tradition to do it. The men would have traditionally eaten separately. She breaks it and bursts on the scene. I, I, I'm going to take this one moment. This might be my only moment. I'm going to take this one moment. And I'm going to offer my life to you, Jesus. I'm going to express my love to you. I'm going to show you how much I love uh, you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that many of us here, we love our Lord and Savior with all our hearts. If you're here this morning and you don't know that same love that we have, that this woman had, I'd love to see you afterwards. I'd love to pray for you that you would know that love in your life. It's the most beautiful thing that we can ever find. Second thing I'll bring out is it's sacrifice. We know, don't we, that, that for her, this would have been a sacrifice. This is what she gives. I'm, I'm going to pour my, my future out. This is my security. This is the family heirloom. This is everything that we consider as precious. And she said, I'm going to pour it out for you, Jesus. She sacrifices her security for him. She could have sold it for a great deal of money. Um, but I think she knows uh, what this has cost her and she knows uh, what Jesus' uh, death ultimately will have cost when he goes to the cross. And uh, his, his gift to us is a gift of sacrifice, isn't it? Uh, last Sunday I asked if we would generously give to Tear Fund. We gave 
um, all our collections to Syria. Thank you for doing that. We sent almost 2,000 pounds. I, I, I think God wants us to sacrifice again and again and again to give so that it hurts. Otherwise, it's just giving out of our surplus. But to give sacrificially, to give so that it costs us something, that's what God wants of us. For this woman, that cost her. This, this is my future. I'm placing it into your hands. And Jesus, Jesus sacrificed for us, that cost him. It cost him his life. And he, he says, when, you, when I ask you to live for me, I ask you to live sacrificially. It'll cost you. It'll cost, you to, cost us to take that step across the, 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 the ream and speak to someone about Christ. Cost us to, to the, the, the Heather who emailed me, cost her to say, I'm going to pray for someone today. What a God-given opportunity that was. God set that up for her. And you know, I believe that God sets up opportunities for us on a daily basis. If only we would walk into them. If we would take that moment to stop and pray for people. Um, it seems to me here the disciples, they're more concerned about themselves they have got this ongoing argument going on of who's going to be the greatest among them. Who's going to have the, the seats of authority on Jesus' right and left. This woman isn't concerned about any of that. She's only concerned about Jesus. She's only concerned that she can come and sacrifice something and do a beautiful thing for him to express her love of him and for him. And the third one I want to bring out. So love, sacrifice, and the third thing is extravagant worship. This woman's action is extravagant. It's extravagant worship. It's not out of necessity. The disciples don't object to the perfume. What they object to is the extravagance. You mean you're pouring that on Jesus' feet? What a waste. No, it's not a waste if it's for our Lord. Jesus says it's not a waste. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, I don't think he says that about anything else in the whole of his ministry. But for this woman, he says that's a beautiful thing. That's really struck me, those words this week. What can I do that's a beautiful thing for my Lord? What can I do that would bring beauty to him? It's true that feeding the poor is a good way to use money, a respectful thing to do. But God's gift to us through Christ is extravagant. He pours himself out and he asks us to pour ourselves out. Like this jar of, of perfume was broken over Jesus, Jesus' body was broken for us. Like this perfume was poured out, his lifeblood was poured out. Now, was it wasteful? Ultimately, it isn't wasteful because some will taste and see that God is good. Others will ignore it. But many will taste and see that God is good. Jane Pavey's here, Jane and I, on Wednesday of this week, we were in our little Alpha group and someone was telling us about the Bible. She's a recent Hindu convert to Christ. And she said, I, she was saying this, she, she was saying, I can't get enough of reading the Bible. She says, I wake up in the night and I read, I go downstairs and I read the Bible. She says, I read it. And I, I, and she, I mean, oh, she doesn't know much of it. But this is what she was saying. She said, it's like food to me. 
She said, I can taste God. That's what she said, wasn't she? I can taste God when I read it. I'm thinking, it's in the Psalms. She's not just reading it, she's experiencing it. She's tasting God as she's receiving something of his extravagant worship, his extravagant sacrifice for us. And I suppose my, my question to us is, how, how are we to respond to God? What might we do? How might we um, uh, offer ourselves out, pour ourselves out uh, in extravagant worship? That's not just the singing of songs. That's our lives offered. That's today offered. That's tomorrow offered. What might we do? as an extravagant worship to God that that doesn't mind about what others say but just says, I'm going to offer you something. I've been down in the New Forest uh, yesterday, uh, Friday and Saturday and uh, I was talking a little bit about this and um, uh, from a different passage and I was encouraging people to to go out and and to uh, speak to people and just look for opportunity and find that, that I'll pray for you moment. And uh, it was so encouraging last night. I came back and, and uh, one lady said, well, I spoke to this lady in the street, just got to talk to her, helped her out, got to talk to her, offered to pray for her, ended up having a conversation and a coffee together, and she's coming to church tomorrow morning. And I was thinking, isn't that great? That's not difficult. That's an act of extravagant worship. And you know, we can all do it. Just pour ourselves out. That's what the Lord asks. We do it because of our love of God and what he's done for us. We do it even though it involves sacrifice. It involves not caring what others say. We do it because God asks us to pour out a gift of extravagant worship for him. God has been extravagant towards us and lavished upon us the riches of his grace. He's given us things that we don't deserve. He's given us more more than enough things to enjoy. How should we respond? We should respond by living lives that are motivated by love, that by being prepared to sacrifice and through extravagant worship to share our Lord with others. What beautiful thing might you do for God this week? I'm certainly going to go out this week. I've tried it this week. I'm going to try and do something beautiful for God. And in so doing, share Christ with somebody else. Join me. And then come back next week and let's tell the story of God at work in and through our lives, in and through our community, as we, like this woman, take her lead and pour ourselves out for him. Let's stand, shall we?